0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Let me give Robert a hand for his incredible dancing right there. That's how they did it back in the day. They did. <laughs> what was Wow. Man, I'm from a redneck town and we didn't even do that. So, Okay. Amen. You've been there. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and get into tonight's message. And to the title tonight is this is what in the world is going on now? Has anybody heard that phrase over the last little while? (laughs) I mean, what in the world is going on right now? There's some weird stuff happening, people. You know, I mean, and and I'm going to I want to give you some of some of what I see out of the Bible concerning the condition of our world and our country right now. And I'll confess that I don't know every answer that there is to know. And I don't believe anybody in this on this planet knows everything that there is to know about what's going on. But I do know this much. The Bible gives us some answers. And, and, and I'm going to show you what, what I see out of the word of God. But I also know this much that if, if you are looking to blame people for what is going on in this world, you're on the wrong track. OK, people are not the enemy. And, and 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 we'll explain some of this, but that's one of the one of the great devices and deceptions of the enemy is for you to get mad at people or some people group and say, oh, it's all those type of people or, oh, no, everybody like that. It's them. We need to gang up. No, listen, it can't be that way. That is a very effective tool that the devil has used. a super long time and it's not going to work right now. We have to rise up as Christians and look at what the Bible tells us is going on. Amen. And so I'm going to show you a few things out of the scriptures that that I can see concerning the state of our country and 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 our world tonight. And and I believe that uh, that 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 God has warned us ahead of time, about a lot of st- the stuff that's happening. And I could even show you, you know, other places in here of future things that are still going to happen that haven't happened yet. But when they do happen, I'm not going to fall on the floor out of my chair and say, oh, my gosh, that happened. Well, no, the Bible told me it was going to happen. Do you realize the things that the Bible prophesied would happen that have actually happened in the last 75 years? Oh, my gosh, this last hundred year period has been a rapid, uh, age of biblical prophecy being fulfilled and stuff that people thought wouldn't happen has happened. And you think, well, a hundred years, I mean, I've been hearing that you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old and the people have always said Jesus come back. Do you realize that 40 years and God's time zone is like less than about one second. Second Peter three, tells us that a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. OK, and so don't sit there and say, well, I've heard he's coming back my whole life and I, he hasn't come back yet. So that must mean it's not true. The, no, no, no. Listen, that can't be your attitude. You have to know Jesus is coming back and we've got no shortage of stuff. Do you realize that in uh, okay, 1948, Israel became a nation again for the first time in eighteen hundred years? OK, that's just nearly the next year will be 70 years that Israel has been a nation again. And for a long time, people, you know, for eighteen hundred years, people said, well, oh, they'll never no, they'll never be a, a, a nation again. I mean, you know, the Jews are spread out all over the world. But no, the Bible told us, no, they will become a nation again. It's going to happen. It will happen. And in 1948, it happened. That's not really that long ago, guys. The Bible was right. People were wrong, but the Bible was right. Do you realize that the Bible also told us that they would recapture Jerusalem? People said, oh, no, that'll never happen. Well, in the 60s, that happened, and they did it in, like, what, three days' time? They took on a whole... Listen, the Bible prophecy is real. It prophesied the Holocaust, and that happened. And so, listen to me. This stuff is real, and Jesus warned us of the things that we're seeing happen on the news right now, this week, Jesus warned us that they would happen, and they are happening. I don't like that they're happening, but I'm not surprised that they're happening. None of this is catching me off guard. I hate it. You know, I hated waking up on, uh, it was a Monday morning, and I pick up my phone to open my Bible app for my, ver- you know, verse of the day. So I start my day, and I get a, a news alert saying, you know, at that point, 50 people had just been murdered right up the road. I didn't like seeing that. I hated seeing that, but nothing at this point just sideswipes me and catches me off guard. Another hurricane, I'm not shocked. Another earthquake, no, I'm not shocked. You know, we see it coming. And, and, And so I want to show you a few things tonight out of the Bible to kind of talk to us about what in the world is going on because... That's all I keep hearing is some, somebody tell me what's going on. I've had so many church members contact me this week. Pastor Dave, can you help me? Tell me what's going on. I'm confused. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. So let's go ahead and open up in prayer. And we're going to look at a few things in the word of God. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word. Lord, we praise you that that, that you didn't leave us in the. You didn't leave us hanging, Lord, but you gave us the instruction book on how to live our lives. You gave us the instruction book on what was going to happen before it ever even happened. And so we thank you for that. God, I pray tonight that as we open up the word of God, you'll speak to each person here, Lord, and you'll show us what we need to see so we can live our lives for you and we can live our lives without fear in this day and age. We thank you for it. In Jesus name, everybody said. Amen. All right. So the first thing we're going to say tonight is this. Number one is that Jesus told us these things would happen. Jesus told us these things would happen. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Who's excited? All right. All right. Matthew chapter 24. And this is a very uh, famous chapter in the Bible. It's called the Olivet Discourse. This is Jesus Talking to his twelve disciples, and uh, and he tells them, I mean, the whole chapter of Matthew 24, a lot of end times prophecy. And so, if you look at the beginning of the chapter, they're walking along and, and they're admiring the temple. And I mean, the temple was the pride of every Jewish person. I mean, this this was their pride and joy. And the disciples are like, man, look at the beautiful stonework there. And Jesus said. One of these days, not one stone will be left on top of the other. That temple is going to come down. And the disciples were like, no. No, it it took it took our ancestors years to build that. And Jesus said, Mark, one of these days, not one stone will be left. And sure enough, within a short time here, after Jesus died and and rose again and went to heaven, the temple was destroyed and and all this stuff. But but look at this. I want to show you a few things here. All of Matthew chapter 24. You should read the whole chapter when you have time. And chapter 25, but look at Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 8. I'm just going to focus on these couple of verses for now. It says, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with many more to come. And so Jesus listed several things in just these three verses right here that I believe we are seeing in, I mean, 2017, but in all reality for the last long, long time. I mean, think about this, you know, war, for example. Let's talk about that. So do you realize that in the youth group right now, most of those kids, our nation has been at war every day of their lives. Think about that. 16 years, at least. Most kids in the youth group have never seen a time without war in their lives. I'm 32. Half of my, life, 50% of my life, you know, has been, has been, my country's been at war. Isn't that incredible? And, you know, and we don't even think about it. We're so, immune to it. We're so calloused to it. And I'm embarrassed to say that, you know, I I see a news reel and, you know, so many soldiers died and 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 it's just, I'm like, man, that stinks. But, but I'm just so used to it. I I don't like that. That's terrible. But that's the way that Jesus said it was going to be. He said, look at this verse six. He said, you'll hear of wars and threats of wars. And so there's all types of wars going on right now we all i'm not telling you anything new and just think about every day we hear stuff going on with north korea and i'm just talking about the united states i'm not even talking about the main end times country which is israel okay they they're threatened every single day they're surrounded on every side in fact jesus said when you see jerusalem surrounded look up and guess what? Jerusalem, Israel, they are surrounded on every side by hostile nations that would love to completely blow them up and kill them. Why right? do we all know this? All right. And so Jesus said, you're going to hear of wars and threats of wars. We hear of that every single day. Am I right? Am I right? You know, we have people that listen. Our church has a podcast. We're online. And and I people, you know, sometimes email me or tell me, hey, I'm listening to you. we got people that listen to us all over the U.S., from New York to Texas, Hawaii. Uh, someone emailed me last week from Kentucky. I don't know them, but they're listening. But we also have people that listen internationally. Believe it or not, we have people in South Korea that listen to our church podcast. And they've written to me, and I've talked to them and stuff. But a couple, about two months ago, some of the people from South Korea, they had a chance to come to L.A. for something. And they're like, we're in California. We're going to High Desert Word Center in Barstow. And so on a Sunday morning, these South Korean people came to our church. I don't know if some of you met them. They're really nice. But I got to talk to them for a little bit. And and I was like, so what's the what's it like? I mean, what's what are the Christians? What's still going on over there? And they said, I mean, everybody lives in terror every day. They have no idea if this is going to be that day where the big one comes and, you know, Mr. Kim Jong-un, you know, blows something up. They don't know. And it shouldn't be that way. I don't think it should be that way. But I'm not surprised because Jesus said there will be wars. There will be rumors of wars, threats of wars. It's going to happen. And just within, I mean, World War II was not that long ago in the grand scheme of things, was it? World War 1. I. I did a funeral for a lady uh I don't know a month or two ago that she was just about 100 years old. She was born the you know a month before the US entered World War 1. That's not really that long ago. All these things that we're talking about, we're like, well, that's ancient history. No, it's not. Jesus said at the end, it's going to be wars all over the place. Rumors of wars, threats of wars, wars themselves. And when we're talking about world wars that have happened within the last hundred years, and now we may be on the brink of another one. It's insanity. But Jesus said this was going to happen. And a side no, we're not going into all this tonight. I want to get to some other stuff. But you can think about this, that if you really know eschatology, end time study of the scriptures, the main countries that it talks about are Israel and Russia, Egypt. What countries do you hear about all the time? Russia nearly every day, Israel every day. I mean, come on, wake up. All this stuff's happening just like Jesus said it would. So, but that's another story. This isn't an end time study tonight, but I want to show you the next verse here. Verse seven, it says, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Well, that kind of sounds like you're you're saying the same thing there. Nation and, and kingdom is not the same thing. Well, actually, it's not kingdoms. Yes, that's talking about countries fighting each other. But nation, that comes from the Greek word ethnos, which means ethnicity, ethnic. It says ethnic group will fight against ethnic group. Color against color, race against race. Is it happening? Is it happening? Do we want to? Of course, we don't want to see this happening, but it is happening. I don't you know, none of us want this, but it is happening. And the scriptures, Jesus said, ethnic group, nation against nation, they're going to fight against each other. Kingdom against kingdom. Or they're going to fight against each other and go to war against each other. And look what's happening right now. Jesus told us it would happen. And boy, was he Right. He hit the nail on the head. And it's not just in the U.S. that this is happening. I mean, you can look at other nations all over the world. They're having ethnic wars and stuff. It's not just us. But isn't this crazy that Jesus was right? And look at this next verse. It's excuse me, the rest of this verse, verse seven. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. Have we heard of earthquakes lately? I mean, gosh, Mexico has been hit with a couple, I mean, super bad earthquakes just in the last few weeks. And it talks about these famines. And, you know, the first thing I think is, well, I mean, come on, we live in the U.S., famine? That's never, that's never going to happen again. There'll never be a famine again. We've conquered this thing. Do you realize that at this point in time that the world outside of the U.S., but over Africa and other places, they're facing the biggest famine that has been seen in many, many years. I read this out of the New York times to, so you know, however credible you think they are, but look at this. It says they wrote this in March for the first time since anyone can remember, there is a very real possibility of four famines in the world in Somalia, South Sudan, Nigeria, and Yemen breaking out at one time. And this would endanger more than 20 million lives. And that's happening in 2017 four simultaneous famines taking place in the world right now in 2017 that has a very strong possibility of wiping out 20 million lives. Jesus said, listen, there's going to be famines. There's going to be earthquakes. And, you know, this signifies the weather. And other parts of Scripture tell us that there's going to be strange weather patterns in the end time. I mean, how many hurricanes have we been hit with in the last month? At least three, we had, what, Irma, Jose, and uh, and if you don't know, we have a lady in church named Irma, and her son-in-law's name is Jose, but they, they, had, they swear they had nothing to do with this, so I'm going to take them at their word, uh, was Harvey, you know, and then this Maria hit Puerto Rico, I mean, and then there's other ones, you know, they say there's more brewing out there. I mean, listen, we could blame this on global warming, we could blame it on whatever we want to, all I know is this, is that Jesus said it was going to happen. I don't want it to happen, but it is going to happen. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. There's going to be more hurricanes coming, more earthquakes, there's going to be more tornadoes. And and why am I trying to be Mr. Negative and Mr. Rain on the Parade? No, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I'm just reading what the Bible said. And of course, we could again go into the study, but as Christians, I'm not afraid of this stuff happening because, you know, I'm I'm promised that if I stick close to Jesus, Those that abide under the shadow of the almighty Psalm 91, they're safe. He'll order his angels to protect them wherever they go. And so I'm not personally afraid for me, but I know a lot of people that I am afraid for. I have relatives that, I mean, they're on their own right now because they're not serving the Lord. They have no promises of protection from God. God didn't promise to protect the sinner, especially the one that belligerently pushes him away. So anyway, but let me show you another verse here real quick. I need to I need to get moving. Verse 12, verse 12, it says. And sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. We don't have to study this, but can I would we at least agree that sin has run rampant? Are we there? Okay, all right. I'm not even going to go into all that. All I know is this is that Isaiah 520 said, woe unto those who call evil, good and good, evil. And I know a lot of people that call evil things good and they call good things evil. They really do. And I know people that are Christian. I know people that even attend this church sometimes that, that I talk to and they'll they'll, you know, they're calling things that the Bible says are evil and that moral people have said are evil for thousands of years. They're like, oh, no, that's not evil. That's good. That's a good thing that's happening. I'm like, no, no, that's bad. The Bible says that's a sin. No, 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 no. That, that's good. That's good. Like, no, the Bible said that that's no, no, that's a good thing. Okay, well, then let me give you a testimony. This good thing happened over here. No, that's not good. That's bad. What? What are you talking about? But listen, we were told it was going to happen that people would call evil good and they would call good evil and they're doing it. And Matthew 24 also, it's in one of these verses here, but it says even the very elect will be deceived. What does that mean? Even Christians in the end times are going to be deceived. And I know a whole lot of them that are. That, I mean, there's, again, things the Bible clearly says that's wrong. And they say, no, that's not wrong. That's good. That's a good thing. Anyway, let's not go into all that right now. We'll just keep on moving along here. But verse 28, verse 28. Maybe I'm tackling too big of a subject for <laughs> Wednesday night. Let's look at verse 28, verse 28. And I do encourage you, read all of Matthew 24 when you get a chance. But Jesus said, just as the gathering of vultures shows there's a carcass nearby. So these signs indicate that the end is near. And, you know, I mean, i know, from the Midwest. You know, you'd see vultures. I'd see them out in the middle of a field somewhere. They'd be flying around in circles. And I didn't have to wonder what they were doing. mean like, all oh, something died out there. The nasty birds are going to go eat it. But it was a sign. Even though I didn't see the dead animal, I was like, yeah, they're going to go eat some. That's gross. But Jesus said, just like all these things I'm listing right here, when you see all these when you see all these things happening, it's just like when you see vultures flying in circles in the sky. It means the end is near. And guess what? I don't think I'm getting too much of an argument that all the things that we're talking about that we're actually seeing. We are seeing these things and read the whole chapter and you'll see dozens of other things that I don't have time to talk about right now. But they're all happening. And so let's get to point number two here, and that's this. So we're talking about what in the world is going on. Why are these bad things happening? Well, the first thing is, it's no surprise, Jesus told us. But the second thing is this, and this may sound, you know, may blow you out of your seat. But number two, God is not in control of the entire earth. And people are like, well, it's okay. God's in control of everything. No, he's not. God is not in control of the entire earth. He is absolutely not. And that may sound heinous and blasphemous and like, what are you talking about? Well, let me show you something. 2 Corinthians 4-4. 2 4. Corinthians 4-4. Because if God just controlled every person in the world, obviously none of us would do wrong things. There would be no murder. If God totally controlled every person's actions, no one would be murdered. No one would rob people. There wouldn't be any racism. God, if God controlled all of us and made us do right, none of us would have ever sinned. Be no, there would be no need for Jesus to spill his blood for a bunch of perfect people if we were already perfect, right? But look at 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. So what I'm trying to explain is that God is not in control of the entire earth. It says this, Satan, who is the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. But what I'm pointing out there is the beginning of this verse. It says, Satan is the God of this world. Notice it uses a lowercase g. It doesn't capitalize it because we're not going to give him any respect. No props to the devil, all right? But it says, Satan is currently the God of planet Earth. That explains a whole lot of stuff to me right there. Because God, he created the heavens and the earth. We know this, Genesis 1-1. And it says he put a man named Adam in the Garden of Eden and he gave him dominion over everything. What does dominion mean? That's a fancy word for means. He put Adam in charge of the earth, basically. He, You know, Adam got to name the animals. He got to do all kinds of stuff. It was really cool. But God gave Adam this one one thing. He said, listen, you can eat from any tree in the entire world, any tree in this garden, you know, that you want to eat from, just the, your only rule is just don't eat from this tree right there. Just don't eat from that tree. That was it. That was the only stinking rule that he had. But guess what? We all know Adam and Eve, they ate that fruit. And when they did, they sold out to the devil. They sold out to the devil because the devil is the one that came into that stupid snake. And that's why I don't trust snakes. Kidding. Kidding. I don't trust them, but that's not why. Anyway, so but but he but Adam, he he sold over his rights to the devil. And from that point in time, people, they know right and wrong. Now we have a life expectancy. We will die at some point before then. That was death. Wasn't even a part of God's master plan. But but Adam brought death into the world by sinning. Okay? And so that's why Satan is currently the god of this world. And in fact in uh, you don't have to turn there but Colossians 1:13 says that he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. So that means at one point in time you were in the kingdom of darkness, right? Hello, before you were saved, before you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were not a Christian. You are not going to heaven because not everybody automatically goes to heaven. Only people that receive Jesus as Lord and Savior go to heaven. And Colossians 1.13 tells us that before you receive Jesus, you are a member of the kingdom of darkness. But Jesus rescued us from that. And it says he translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. There's two kingdoms here. There's the kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of God. Amen. And so Jesus rescued us out of that. So what I'm trying to say is this, is that God isn't in control of the entire earth, but he is in control of the lives of those who submit themselves and their lives to him. God is in control of my life. Now, that doesn't mean he forces me to do what's right. I still sin. okay? I do. And we all do. But. I have the power within me to overcome sin when I submit to Jesus. I give Jesus lordship of my life to say, I say, Jesus, don't just be my savior, be my lord. Tell me what to do. If you tell me, I'm going to listen to you. And sometimes I mess up, but I, I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm listening to God. And and, and I'm saying, Jesus, I, I want your protection. I'm, I'm in a covenant with God. Do you understand that? That you are in a covenant with God. And in a covenant, there's there's certain blessings and privileges that go along with that. And in this covenant, he does offer protection. He does offer peace and joy and love and fulfillment and healing and provision. And I mean, there's a lot of things that he offers but he doesn't just give that to everybody he gives that to those that are, are his children and have submitted their lives to him do you understand that and so not everybody in the world is a child of god that's a lie i'm sorry but I, you know don't tell me well everybody we're all god's children no we're all god's creation and god wants us to all be his children but god's children are the ones that have received jesus as Lord and Savior. I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you the Bible. You can get a Romans chapter eight, read it on your own time, but it tells us that we have been adopted and that Jesus is our big brother, that Jesus is the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And so God's the father, Jesus, the son, but Jesus, if you want to get biblical about it, he's our big brother, man. And he's the best big brother that there's ever been. I love it. I love my big brother. My, he's my Lord and Savior. Amen. And so we could go into all that, but 1 John 519. I just want to further prove our point here. I need to again. I need to keep moving. First John 519. So what I'm trying to explain to you right now is that God is not in control of the entire earth. He he is Lord of the lives of those who submit themselves to him. OK, so first John 519 1 John 5:19 I want everybody to see this. You really really you have to get this. Cuz this to me this right here this explains Las Vegas. Honestly, 1 John 5:19 tells me what I what I'm looking for. 1 John 5:19 it says, "We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one." So it says, "We Our children of God, he's talking to Christians. John was writing to Christian people here. He says, we know that we're children of God, but the world around us, they're under control of the evil one. They're under the control of the evil one. And so when bad things happened, people often like, well, who are we going to blame here? Well, let's blame the president. No, I don't blame Barack Obama. I don't blame Donald Trump. I don't blame George Bush or Ronald Reagan or Bill Clinton. I mean, that's stupid. It, it, if you see something super bad happen and you and you blame a, any, a person, no, that's stupid. That shows that you're. I mean, that's that that shows a very low level of spiritual maturity right there. I I don't blame any president for some, you know, a, a mass murder happening. Not President Obama. Not President Trump. I mean, that that is just flat out stupidity. That is dumb. Listen. It says right here, the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Evil people do evil things, right? John 10, When we take a look at that real quick, John 10, 10, you can throw that up on the screen, John 10, 10. But this verse right here, we we call this the dividing line of the Bible, because this breaks it down. If you have to wonder well, maybe God did make this happen. Huh? No, God doesn't kill people. John ten ten. Look at this. Jesus said the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life for the King James Bible says life and life more abundantly. But he says right here, the thief, the devil, his purpose is to steal and. Kill and destroy. But my purpose is to come and give life. So the devil is the one that brings about stealing, killing and destroying. Would you say that the mass shooting in Las Vegas was stealing, killing, destroying? I mean, it killed a lot of people. It stole a lot of people's peace of mind for many years to come, I'm sure. And it destroyed a whole lot of, I mean, boundaries and things that should never be touched. It, it, I mean, that had the work of the devil written all over it. And so then we ask, well, then why did God let it happen? I mean, that's a fair question. That is a super fair question to ask. And And again, I point out, first of all, That God is not in control of this entire world. If an evil person wants to go do an evil thing and nobody stands up to them in the name of Jesus, then that evil person can go do some pretty bad things. Like this shooter. That was bad. He was an evil, horrific monster of a person, right? He was full of the devil, obviously. Nobody that has anything to do with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would ever do anything like that. This guy was a complete monster. Full of the devil no doubt about it but just like after 9 11 well then why didn't god just make it all stop and and just not let any of it happen again god doesn't control people and also this is the next thing i want to say is that our lord is not a dictator he's he's a gentleman and i see a nation i see masses of people that have pushed him away for years we don't want you Get out of here! We're beyond that. We're in the Enlightenment age. We've got, you know, we're we're smarter than all those fairy tales. I've seen, and I know people. I'm related to people. I grew up with people. I've got lots and lots of friends that think that they are way beyond this belief in something they can't see. And I know people that have pushed God away. And I believe we live in a, a society that has pushed God away. We don't need you. We don't need you. And then something bad happens. Hey, where were you? You pushed him away. How stupid would it be? You know, if you had somebody that was hired to be your personal security guard, they were your bodyguard. And every day you're like, I don't need you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And he keeps saying, no, I want to protect you. It's just let me do my thing. Let me protect you. Leave me alone. Get away, get away, get away. And he and finally he's like, all right, all right. Hey, fine. And then you get beat up. What happened? Where were you? What What happened? And that's what people are doing to God. They pushed him away because they don't want to live by his rules. Oh, that archaic book, that old thing. That's just a couple of thoughts. This is 2017. We know better than that. Now, this tells us that this is sin, but these people say it feels good. So we ought to just say it's okay. What are those that call evil? Good, good, evil. All right. Anyway, and so we get back to and and they pushed God away and pushed him away. And then something bad happens. Where were you? Maybe you did this to us. Listen, no. God knows where he's welcome and where he's not welcome. And if if a whole society has unwelcomed him and then bad things happen, God didn't make them happen. God didn't want them to happen. But we've pushed him Away as a society. And there's a lot of great people. We know that much. We're here tonight. A bunch of, you know, we're good. God fearing people. But as a whole, society has just shoved him to the side and said, even after nine 11 what for two weeks after that churches were filled up and then people, you know, they emptied out again. Listen, God's not causing these things to happen, but he did tell us they were going to happen. He he gave us fair warning. He gave us fair warning. I think that was nice of him. But at the same time, God doesn't control human beings. We do have a free will. If God controlled us, everybody would do nothing but be nice and loving and and totally awesome every single day. You know, everybody would go to heaven. Jesus would just make you receive him as Lord and Savior if he controlled people. But Jesus doesn't control people. We get to make our own choices. Nobody makes me go to church. I go because I love it. I want to be here. Nobody made me receive Jesus. I just, I did it because I truly believe that He's the Son of God and that He died and rose again. I believe that on my own. Nobody forced me into this. Amen? And so, just like nobody forces us to be a Christian, listen, nobody's, God's not forcing people to make right choices when it comes to all these catastrophes going on. And so, Satan is the root of the problem. What you're seeing is the fruit. What you're seeing is the symptoms, okay? You can see someone coughing, sneezing, and you'd be like, oh, he has a sneeze. No, he probably has a cold. What you're seeing is a sneeze. That's a symptom of the cold. You know, oh, he has this. He ha-, and, and 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 we have a... All of us, we're just sitting around. I see Christians every day. We're just com- point out all the symptoms everywhere. Oh, the, the, this, 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 and this. Yes, those are all the symptoms. But the root of the problem is that the world is under control of the evil one. Amen? 1 John five nineteen. I didn't make this up. I just read it. This world is under control of the evil one. That's the root problem. Somebody that's truly a born-again Christian that has submitted their lives to the Lord, they don't hate other people. There may be somebody that says, hey, I'm a Christian, but, uh, but they go out and do hateful things. I don't think they're really a Christian. I think they're fake. I'm just being real with you. If you, because, well, 1 John 4 verse 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love God, or let us love one another, for love is of God. Anyone that loves is born of God and knows God. 1 John 4 8, but he that does not love does not know God. For God is love. So if you hate another person, truly hate them, you're not a Christian. It's impossible. You couldn't know God because God is love. He that loves not does not know God. So if you hate people because of their color or because of any other reason, it's not it's not even possible that you know God for God is love. 1 John 4:8. So anyway, we we're, we've got a lot of awesome, you know, people that are just excellent at Pointing out the symptoms that we can all see. I don't need anybody to tell me that there's hatred in the world. I see that. Thank you for pointing it out. I don't need anybody to say, oh, man, there's 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 mass murders going on. Really? Wow, I didn't see that either. Yeah, I thank you. I see that. Thank you. I see that. But what I don't have a lot of people talking about is the root cause of the problem. People aren't the problem. Global warming is not truly the problem. Kim Jong-un, ill, mentally ill, whatever, is not really the problem. Listen, the problem is we live in a world, according to 2 Corinthians 4, 4 where Satan is in control. That's bad right there. And 1 John 5, 19 tells us that we live in a world where the people are under control of the evil one. This is the main problem. Well, what do we do about it? Well, we can't fix everybody and we can't stop everything that's going to happen because Jesus said it was going to happen. But you do have your part to play. that's my point number three. Point number three. And that's now is the time to get people onto the ark. You're like, well, what? Well, listen, the same thing happened in Noah's day. In fact, let's look at that really, really, really quick. Let's look over at Matthew chapter 24. Let's flip back there. Matthew 24. Now, as I said, I can't answer every every single question we all have, but I can point out what I do see from the Bible. And what I do see is a bunch of stuff happening that Jesus said, hey, this is going to happen and it's going to happen right before I come back. And then I also see things that are happening because people that aren't saved, they live in the kingdom of darkness and they're controlled by the evil one. There are some people, you know, that are so far from God that I mean, they're they're controlled by the devil. They they do bad things there there are people that are possessed of the devil do you understand that demon possessed people it's a real thing and those people i mean I, I have no doubt that this guy that did all this in vegas the other day probably possessed but look at this Matthew chapter 24 verses 37 through 39 Jesus said when the son of man returns it will be like it was in Noah's day And those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People did not realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that's the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. And so we are living just like it was in Noah's day. People are having feasts, banquets, parties, just living their life. okay, just doing what they do. But just like there was a flood coming back then. There is a flood coming in our day and age, right? I mean, you know, metaphorically speaking, because we know he'll never destroy all the earth again with water. But at the same time, there is a flood at some point coming, and that's gonna be when Jesus comes. Listen guys, it tells us there's gonna be a trumpet. The sky's gonna split open. We're gonna see Jesus Christ and all of his, all of the Christians they are going to go up to heaven. Paul wrote about it in Thessalonians, and Jesus himself told us about it, and, and uh, Mark. And so this is, it's all going to happen. I fully believe the rapture is going to happen. But do you realize that after the Christians, you think it's bad now with all of us here? Because we're the light of the world. Do you realize how bad it's going to be when you take every moral good person out of this world, all the Christians out? All hell is going to break loose for seven years of great tribulation, and it's going to be the absolute worst I mean the stuff you're seeing right now that is nothing compared to the great tribulation i I mean we're talking about mass chaos and destruction on a level that you can't even begin to imagine and again that's that's a whole other topic to to even look at, but my my point is this: things are happening, yeah. I can't control his people, but what I can do is I can witness and I can speak up for Jesus. I can be the light of the world. Amen. Wouldn't it have been nice if somebody had reached that maniac before he did that? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if somebody had somehow, you know, I don't know, maybe God sent, I don't know. But maybe wouldn't it have just been nice if somebody could have reached that guy and he could have got saved. Because think about this. Now I don't know about the other 59 people. I'm, I'm willing to wager that some of them went to heaven. I, I know some did. And it's quite possible that some went to hell. I guarantee you this. The crazy guy went to hell. No doubt about it. I mean, did he deserve to die? Yeah, justice. He, he deserved if, if the cops got him, he deserved to totally die. I fully believe that. But at the same time, it's sad that that lunatic, he's going to be in hell 1,000 years from now, he will still be there. 2,000 years from now, when we're in heaven rejoicing, living in our mansions, it's going to be great. But Mr. Paddock, he's going to be in hell. 5,000 years from now. 10, 000, 1 million years from now, that man, he's never getting out of there. That is super sad. That's that's terrible. And unfortunately, it's quite possible there are people in that crowd that are also there. And that Sunday at the end of the service, you know, I I was offering to pray for anybody that wanted to receive Jesus. And I don't always say this, but I did say this Sunday that you are not guaranteed tomorrow. And there are some people within 150 miles of here that weren't guaranteed the next eight hours, ten hours. And so it is more urgent than ever that we as Christians speak up for Jesus, that we share the gospel. And you're like, well, I don't know about that. You need to do it, man. You need to do it. I mean, I'd be, I would be super heartbroken if one of my loved ones didn't make it out of that concert. And it's someone that I'd been thinking about telling them about Jesus. Someone like, you know, I got to get around to telling that guy about the Lord. I, I, I need to get around to it, man. I, and I just, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable, man. Wouldn't that be awful? I, w- I wouldn't want that weight on my shoulders. Absolutely not. And so I'm challenging us, but Last thing I want to show you, Mark chapter 13. Mark 13 is also the um, the Olivet discourse. I don't know if you've caught on to this, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell basically the same stories just from a different angle. Okay. And, and it's okay if you haven't caught on to that, but they all pretty much tell the exact same stories, just from a different angle. And John, he's the fourth gospel, but he doesn't he only tells a couple of their same stories. Uh, but Mark chapter 13. And so this is Mark's account of what Jesus was saying for this discussion. Mark chapter 13. Let's look at verses 36 through 37. And here's what Jesus says at the end of all the thing. He has told them all the signs of the times and and a couple of stories, but verse 36 it boils down to this. Jesus says, "Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for Him. And so that's what He's telling us in this day and age. Don't let Him find you sleeping when He shows up. And I mean, of course, some of us may possibly be in bed when the rapture comes, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about spiritually sleeping. And I know a whole lot of people that they're spiritually sleeping right now. I mean, they're like snoring, drooling on themselves, sleeping spiritually. They haven't probably, you know, I'm not being mean, just this, but... Anyway, you know, people haven't, even, haven't maybe even talked to God in months, opened up their Bible in months, gone to church in months. Listen to me. Jesus said, don't let the son of man find you sleeping when he returns. I'm going to tell you what I tell to everybody. Watch for him. And so we can all see these signs that I've pointed out tonight. I mean, and there's dozens, dozens, dozens more. We just don't have the time right now for that. But Jesus said, when you see these things, be ready. This is your sign that I'm coming. This is your sign that I'm coming. And he said right here, watch for him. Watch for him. And so I know this much. I see all these things happening. I'm watching, man. I'm like, any day now, he's going to, any day. And so at the same time, I'm not going to sleep, though, and I'm not rolling over and playing dead. This is the time that we need to tell people about Jesus. If you've had somebody on your heart lately... Talk to them soon. If you've had somebody, I really need to talk to him. And I mean, he, and, and sometimes you keep thinking about someone. And if you didn't realize it, that's probably God putting them on your heart. That's probably God saying, hey, call them, text them, talk to them. That I mean, I'll just I'll just spill it out there for you. That's probably God telling you, go talk to them. And so let's go. Let's go ahead and stand up together. And we need to go ahead and, and close out. But but what I'm challenging you is this. Is that we have a duty as Christians in the final days and our duty is to tell as many people as we can. Jesus loves you. He's not mad at you. He wants to be your protector. He wants to be your provider. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. He wants you to go to heaven. And 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 people are maybe coming to you knowing that you're a Christian with questions. Why is all this stuff happening? Well. I've given a few answers tonight. I don't I'm not going to make up stuff and I'm not going to try to tell you everything in the world. But I will tell you this is that the best explanation is that there's a lot of people under control of the evil one. And Satan's the God of this world right now. And there are people that their lives are submitted to him and they're doing evil things. God's not doing it. It's the devil. It's the devil. And we can sit here and, and when, you, when you just want to find people to blame, I mean, you're, you're falling for the oldest trick in the book. That's what Satan's always tried to do. We try to get people to fight against each other and not realize that he's the one doing all of it. He's like a great magician. He gets you distracted over here and he's back there slapping you in the head, but you're blaming the guy over here. Listen, don't fall for that stuff anymore. We've got to realize who the real enemy is And it's time for us to to rise up and and take our place as Christians and do the Lord's work in the final days. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.